away. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome into Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you as always, and a big thanks to everybody tuning in, whether you're listening on floridapanthers.com slash Territory Talk, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, however you're tuning in, however you're joining us, welcome aboard, and thanks for making Territory Talk a part of your listening week. We've got an exciting show coming your way. Jameson and I will be joined by my broadcast partner on the Panthers radio network, Billy Lindsay. He's going to be stopping by in just a little bit to really get into a lot of the ins and outs of this Panthers team to break down how they've been playing. And well, Jameson, they have been playing some great hockey since this season began. It's not just a hot start anymore. It's a very good hockey team is what this Panthers team is. So we're going to talk to Billy about that and more coming up in just a little bit. And Billy obviously was a part of that 96, 97 Panthers team that came flying out of the gate, coming off the year of the rat and all the momentum. And this Panthers team, the start that they've had, we've kind of been comparing the best two starts in franchise history, this one and the one that that 96-97 team had as far as points in certain numbers of games. We've been comparing the two quite a bit. So we can talk about all that and more as we roll along here. But, Jameson, something I want to get to right off the top. And, by the way, folks, if you're tuning in, we're recording the show on the off day between games against the Dallas Stars. The series continues like this, Wednesday at 5 at the BB&T Center in Sunrise, Thursday at 7 at the BB&T Center in Sunrise, Saturday, the Panthers welcome in the Carolina Hurricanes, FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com to get your tickets. Saturday's game is at 7 o'clock. But Jamison, every team in hockey, professional, amateur, they always strive for the full 60 minutes and consistency. And this Panthers team, much more often than not, has been consistent. And they've consistently gotten those full 60-minute solid games. That's why their record is what it is. That's the biggest thing I can point to right now is this Panthers team. Their game doesn't waver. It looks the same whether they're up, down, or tied in games. That's a big reason for the success. Maybe the main reason for the uh, success they've had this season, in my mind, is that they just look the same every time out, and looking the same means looking pretty good. Yeah, no, when you talk about the full 60, which of course is the biggest cliche in hockey, but also a very true thing, it's a cliche, but it's also true, is uh, maybe you go, you go a couple years past with the Panthers, and when you say we didn't play a full 60, it was because they had you know a great first, you know a, a great third, but a terrible second period. It, it seemed like when you talked about we didn't play a full 60, it's because you, know, you had a 10 or 15 minute stretch where you were just bad in a game. And when the Panthers talk about it this season, they haven't really had a bad 10 or 15 minutes. I mean, a couple, a couple here and there, you know, in Detroit the other uh, few games ago when they lost 2-1, uh, you know, against the Lightning, you know, a, a week ago. Then, and you can play a great 50 minutes yeah. in a bad 10 minutes and lose the game yeah. because of the bad so 10 it, minutes. So they have had a, a little bit like that, but for the most part, you know, a bad 10 minutes for the Panthers this season isn't very bad. It's still a pretty good 10 minutes, and they've kind of elevated that standard internally here. Uh, and we saw that, you know, uh, against Dallas on Monday. 
you know, that first period, was it terrible? No, but they were down one nothing, and they thought they could be playing better. They come out the next period, and we see the most dominating, you know, period we've seen from them this season. You know, 29 shots on goal, you know, 42 shot attempts. Uh, I think it was 19-1 to or 19-0 to in scoring chances. It was ridiculous uh, how, how good the Panthers looked in that second period against the Stars. And if it wasn't for Anton Kadobin, you know, the Panthers would have won that game, you know, maybe 5-1 instead of 3-1. But that's the thing about the Panthers this season is it, that those – internal expectations you really see them reflected on the ice because the Panthers you know they won 3-1 on Monday they had a historic second period but after the game the guys were saying you know what the first could have been better and that's true the first could have been better but was it bad no and that's the thing the Panthers base level expectations have you know just really risen this season and it's really you know one of the driving forces behind this record is because when they play maybe an average game they don't say we can play that average game again next game and win they say no we got to be better than this game and they go out and that's also another reason why they're undefeated after losses this season this team, every single game changes the standard and elevates it, uh, and uh, it's why they're in first place. Yeah, we can't put a price on that. The fact that this team has never let one loss turn into two losses. And I tell you what, over a 56-game season, the Panthers have positioned themselves very nicely. They've built up a cushion. If and potentially when a two-game losing streak happens, again, 56 games could happen at some point, but the Panthers have themselves in a spot where they could – drop two in a row, and it's not going to be the end of the world. They have themselves themselves in a pretty good spot here. I also want to go back to a couple of games ago, going off something that you mentioned. There's been a common theme that's been kind of pushed across here, whether it's from Joel Quenville. I can specifically remember Patrick Hornquist, post-game media a couple of games back, talking about how this team doesn't want to rest on its laurels. And I think uh, that's a, a big part of what this team's been built on. They know they're playing well. They know they're getting good results. Guys are blending together nicely. A lot of guys that still, all things considered, haven't played that much hockey together as teammates. But this Panthers team, they know that uh, they, they like what they're doing and they can't get too comfortable at the same time. The other thing I want to talk about with this Panthers team, you mentioned uh, the certain stretches. Look at the first period the other night. Uh, wasn't a bad first period, but they thought they could do better. There's also the fact that whether it's because of confidence with the team, just general talent, belief instilled by the head coach Joel Quenville who continues to push all the right buttons you look at how this team has come together this season their average to pretty good is going to win you the game most nights Whereas, which wasn't the case in the past and you know they don't they don't need to be great they don't need to have their absolute best to win every night, which is a hallmark trait for a good team. When you're playing a 56-game condensed schedule with games feeling like they're coming every single day, and we can talk to Billy Lindsay about this, and he said as much. He knows firsthand from playing the game. There are going to be some nights where you just don't feel like you're at your absolute best, but you got to grind it out. And this Panthers team has the ability and the personnel and the talent and the confidence to, if they have an average night, that's probably good enough to win a hockey game. Yeah, and we'll get into more specific players and things like that with Billy here very shortly. But one other thing I'll say, and it's kind of become the team's equation for success this season, and it's very simple, but we've heard it from enough guys now, and even Joel Quenville has said this as much. Basically, um, they're having fun winning, but in order to keep having fun, you have to keep winning. Yep. Which is really, it's so simple, but it is true. And you, you see how much fun the guys are having, but at the same time, you see the moment, you know, that, that that switch flips and they go from having fun right back into the, you know, game mode the next day. And, you know, for guys like Jonathan Huberdeau, Aaron Ekblad, you know, uh, Alexander Barkov, they're not used to this. They never had a start like this where things are going so well. They're in first place here, you know, over a quarter way through the season. Um, but they're not letting it get to them. All those guys are just like, this is great, but we want this to be better. Let's just keep going. Let's see how far we can ride this. And um, we've talked about, you know, how big Radko Gouda 
Lewis has been, Patrick Hornquist, you know, all these new leaders coming in. I think those guys are doing a great job keeping everyone level-headed. Um, and speaking of that, before we get to Billy, I just wanted to play the sound uh, real quick uh, from after practice today on Tuesday. Patrick Hornquist talking a little bit about that second period against the Stars, but also just a general, you know, feeling for how the Panthers want to keep this thing going. Yeah, I think after the first period, we were talking about getting back to skating, working, and support each other, and that's what exactly what we're doing there in the in the second and third period. And we really took over the game. We were skating. We were five man units all over the ice. That's close support, and um, against good team, good teams, you have to do those things. And uh, yeah, it was a big win for us for sure. Yeah, the that close support and taking pucks to the net when. When you get those pucks to the net, they, they break out coverage uh, the best. So and, and just keep being close and, and and make small plays and and don't standing still out there. Always always move and move to the puck, move before you get the puck and and yeah, like we did in the second there. And uh, hopefully we can keep it up here in the next game too. Yeah, I think we have to you have to simplify the game then. You, mm-hmm. you can't you can't look for you know seam passes. You just have to create a lot of lot of scoring chances or shooting from bad angles and hopefully you get that second and third opportunity that's usually how the goals gets in these days in the nhl and uh, i think we all did a really good job we were around the net we were hungry and yeah we had a lot of take takeaways too so that means like we were we were always uh, hard on pucks and we have really good sticks around the net too so if we keep doing the same thing i'm, I'm pretty sure we're gonna get more goals Great to hear from Patrick there, uh, you know, after practice, like I said, uh, some good insights. That's the only kind of insights he has. He's a great veteran, obviously, you know, leading this team in goals, really producing on the ice, but also off the ice. The leadership is huge. You had that fight the other night, uh, you know, against Klingberg in that crazy second period against Dallas, which, you know, just added an extra layer to how good the Panthers are playing in that period. But he's a guy, you know, that's, I think, done a great job, you know, being one of the leaders on this team this year. And he does a great job also just kind of putting that leadership into words like we heard right there. So, uh, as like like I said, we're going to talk about individuals, but we we want to talk about them with Bill Lindsay. Yeah, we're going to get to that conversation coming up here in just a moment. FloridaPanthers.com slash Territory Talk, your place to find Territory Talk each and every week. And Territory Talk presented, as always, by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And now to chit-chat about some more regarding this Panthers team, regarding how they're playing. We're about a quarter, a little past the quarter point now uh, of this season, so we can make some assessments. Let's get into our conversation with Bill Lindsay. Bill Lindsay joining us here today on Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. And uh, Billy, with the team just past the quarter pole of the season, I guess it's time to start making some assessments. And really, all the assessments are good right now, Billy. Just how excited are you coming to the rink every day to watch this 2021 edition of the Florida Panthers that has gone uh, up to the, has, has just surged to the level now of, of being a Central Division contender? Didn't know what to expect coming out of training camp with all the new additions that were made in the offseason. How is this team going to come together? And now coming to the rink, to your point, uh, probably the most exciting. I've been coming to the rink, and I can't even remember when, but this team's been able to get off to this tremendous start. All the new additions have fit into the puzzle almost perfectly. Everyone seems to be contributing, and they're getting some solid goaltending. surprising to see Drager actually maybe looks like he might be the number one in pushing Bobrovsky but they're going to split duties and the goaltending has been good but for me the expectation coming out everyone has wanted to see this team just get in the playoffs and that expectation for me has changed after 
what I've seen from this team and what the capabilities are. I believe it's got a chance to win a division championship. It's played Tampa Bay three times, Carolina, Dallas. Uh, so the record in the, that's uh, the record has been outstanding in those games. The only one lost to Tampa Bay. So you're playing head to head against the favorites in your division and you're playing well. And then even some cases against Dallas, you were able to dominate them in that game. So it's really interesting to see how this team has progressed, but a lot of credit to Bill Zito, what he did in the off season, Quenville getting this team ready, coming out of the gate to training camp. And the fast start was more imperative this year than in an 82 game schedule, because if you got behind early and trying to chase, it's almost, impossible with the short game to really come back from too far behind but now you have this big cushion and I don't think the Panthers are going to let off the gas pedal and, and Billy it seems like every time we look at this hot star and we, we talk about statistics and you know we haven't done this since that it seems like we're always looking back to 96 97 your guys great start after that run to the Stanley Cup final and obviously you guys came into that season with a lot of expectations given the, the big run you made the year before but uh just kind of do you see any similarities what, what is it like to get off to a real hot start like this as a player you start to believe in that dressing room that you're good and you're having fun and it's a joy to come to the rink, but the chemistry's there. And that's what's starting to evolve with this hockey team. You can see the fun and when you win, it just breeds confidence and you don't believe that you're out of any hockey game. We've seen the Panthers battle back from deficits a number of times to come back and win. And it uh, really sits there and you're, you're comfortable, but it too is it's you develop a, a dressing room where you it's become competitive in that room and you see how hard every single player is playing even your superstars Barkov and Huberto Ekblad they've been leading the way but they work so hard every single night and you just have to fall in line because if you don't play well you're more worried about when I played and you look back at those early years that we had success there, there was more fear for myself of letting my teammate down than actually my, myself playing bad. I didn't, if I played bad, it, I went home. I wasn't more frustrated with my game. I felt upset that uh, I saw someone else working so hard and that I might have let them down. And it was best described to me at once I got in here early. And uh, Brian Scrugland says, I don't care if you feel bad about how you play or whatever you do, but remember, every single person in here has a family and someone that they depend on. And our success depends on you just as much as it depends on myself for my family. And that kind of really hit home. And it seems that this Panther team is, is playing well, but they're playing for the guy beside them. We've seen the, when a guy gets hit, uh, when they go after Barkoff, they go after Huberto, someone jumps in, there's going to be someone that responds, whether it's a fight or they're going to have some words. So it seems like this is a very cohesive group and it's that fear of failure that you have for your just not letting your teammate down and uh, that's what really builds not not good hockey teams but great hockey teams and it's starting to develop that chemistry and identity that you're looking for and I every coach says this is the identity of our hockey club well this Panther team has established a very strong identity. And, Bill, you kind of led into my next question there, talking about Brian Skrulin and kind of just his leadership and, you know, what he said to you and the impact there. Of course, the Panthers have had a, a good young leadership core for a while now with Huberto, Barkov, and Ekblad. But to bring in guys like Radko Gudis, like Patrick Hornquist, that have, you know, been on winning teams that have been in this league so long, what kind of impact have you seen them have just maybe, you know, in the room, you know, on the bench, the little things we don't see? Because obviously both are having great statistical seasons, but just from a leadership perspective, what have you seen from those guys? 
you see Hornquist and Quinville talk about it with Hornquist that the way that he practices, the way that he treats the off season and the off ice workouts in the weight room, uh, whatever he seems to be doing, he always seems to be going a hundred percent and you have to follow in line. He's already on a couple of Stanley cups. He could come here down to South Florida and kind of take it easy, but that's not the case. He, he has a deep desire uh, to win and you can tell by some of the comments he makes after games that he's really happy with what's transpiring here with Florida but also realizing that this is just a building steps to getting where you want to be and that's in the playoffs and trying to make a run for that uh, Stanley Cup and Gudis is the same way the way that he plays with that physical intensity never really takes a takes a shift off and when you play like that and you do that kind of stuff on and off the ice then you have a real voice in the locker room because you can go in there and uh, you can lay into your teammates or someone if they're not doing the right thing because you lead by example. They're And they're perfect cases. They've been in the league a long time. They do what they're supposed to do. Um, they play to their strengths. And if you have that, then that becomes a, a really empowering thing because when you've had that success, now you have the ability to, if Hornquist stands up in the locker room and wants to say something about the team or wants to say something to someone, they have to listen because he's been there and he's been down the road. So adding people like that into your dressing room is invaluable. And I believe that's why Zito did it in the off season and it's starting to pay dividends. So we'll see, uh, see how, how it transpires. But I actually, if you look back, I don't believe there's been a Stanley Cup champion over the last 20, 25 years that didn't have a guy that had previously won the Stanley Cup on their team. So it, it shows you the importance of having guys like that in your dressing room. Billy, what's been the, I guess, the the most impressive uh, thing that you've seen on a on a night to night basis from from this team, just in the way that they approach the game? I know you and I talk about it quite a bit, but. They've had a, a really consistent, uh, just a, a good consistency to their game. And Jameis and I talked about it right off the top of uh, our show here today, talking about the the full 60 minutes that every team always searches for. Well, it seems like the Panthers, whether they're playing against, uh, you know, uh, another team that's a contender like Tampa Bay, like Carolina, or they're playing against a, a team that struggled like, uh, you know, a team like Detroit, for example, they're coming out with the same jump to their game. Is, is that something that's been, and not only a key trait for this team, but something that needs to be a, a key trait for any contending team moving forward. Yes, it's uh, what's impressed me, Doug and Jameson, with what they've been able to do is with the tempo and what they want to do with 30, 45 second shifts and kind of roll those four lines over, get everyone involved. And some nights, Huberto has been between that 15, 16 minute mark, which isn't a lot. And Barkoff, instead of being around 24 minutes, is down around between that 18 and 20 mark. And your fourth line guys are playing 12 minutes. And everyone comes to the rink having a, a sense of responsibility. And they go out there, and it seems like a very selfless group. They're, the shift length, I looked at it. Barkoff, his shift length is the, the highest on the team at 50 seconds per shift. That ranks 163rd in the NHL. <laughs> so <Wow>. if... <laughs> Um, so that kind of that's the tone setter. So they their their shift lengths are going out there, and it's thirty forty five seconds and get off the ice, and they haven't deviated from that plan. They, and that's how they're able to really push the tempo, and it's just line after line after line. And 
you can see when they start to get rolling with that tempo, they just put teams back on their heels. And they do a lot of it just through good defensive structure. They get back, they play as five-man units, but they turn pucks over, they go the other way in transition. And the transition game was always there. And if you look back at Tampa Bay a couple of years ago, they had that lightning transition game and they obliterated everyone in the regular season, then got swept by Columbus in the first round. But they didn't have that sustained forechecking kind of pressure. And they went out and got guys like Maroon and uh, Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman and kind of got some guys that could forecheck. And they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. And I watched this Panther team play, and they still have that ability to crush off the rush. But they get in and work hard on that forecheck and cycle plays, get it back to the defenseman. And those are two elements. If If you're able to score off the rush, but you're also to have, have those 30, 45 second shifts in the offensive zone and really tilt your ice in your favor. That is kind of what you have to have happen if you want to make a run at the playoffs. And so far watching this team, they have both those components. And Billy, from one number 11 to another, um, you mentioned Jonathan Huberto. Obviously, we've we already talked a lot about Alexander Barkov this season. It looks like he's really taken his game to another level. But this is the first season in a while where it seems like we've seen Jonathan Huberto really flourishing away from Alexander Barkov, really driving you know the offense on that second line with Alex Wenberg and Patrick Hornquist. Just what have you seen from him this season that's maybe different from years past? He just well for him to they just continue to get better and they're starting to hit that sweet spot around that 25 when you get about 25 that's kind of about your sweet spot when you really start to just fully believe in everything and they it's been a ramp up of extreme talent and huberto it's that what you're talking about there's just more consistency in the game uh, from night in and night out we don't see the lulls in the play uh, from game to game and we don't even really see it from from shift to shift or period to period, it always seems to be a consistent Huberto that's more engaged. He's working to get loose battles, win the puck battles. And then if you add that with all the talent that he has, then he's able to elevate the people around him. And that's the greatest compliment you can give a player as Barkov's able to elevate the people around him. And now Huberto, you said he's away from Barkov but he's elevated the game of Wenberg and Hornquist too has been able to continue to do the stuff that he does. But a lot of that's due with how great Jonathan Huberto is. He brings you up to that next level. So it doesn't really matter who Huberto plays with that he can elevate the game and he can continue to produce points. And I looked at it. Uh, he's just over 16 minutes a game. He's third in the NHL in points for 60 minutes of ice time. So he does put up a lot of points, but if you look at what he's doing per, 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 per the ice time that he gets, it's one of the best in the NHL, which really speaks volumes. And so every shift that he's out there, he seems to be making stuff happen. And uh, uh, the sky's the limit. It's, he, he seems to just continue to get better. And Billy, we go from talking about Jonathan Huberto, who's been – one of the cornerstones here for a long time to another one of the new faces I wanted to get your assessment of a guy that we haven't been able to uh, chat about here in this segment yet, but Carter Verhage comes in really uh, another guy who feels like he's getting on the score sheet just about every night. Uh, what's your assessment of, uh, of his game and what's made him be a guy that's become such a, a regular offensive contributor for this Panthers team? That That is good scouting and going into it because he put up big numbers, uh, led 
the American Hockey League in goals and points, I believe, back a couple of years ago. So a, a guy that always could score, but it always doesn't translate to the NHL level. But what happened is that he went to Tampa Bay there, won the Stanley Cup, was on that third and fourth lines. And this is kind of the new NHL. They dug deep into the an- analytics on Verhage. And his underlying analytics as far as puck possession and puck battles won, I, I believe last year he was one or two in the NHL and puck battles won. Uh, so they knew a lot of stuff about him, and they believed uh, that they, if they put him in an offensive role here, that he could contribute like he did at the minors in the NHL. And that's not the case with a lot of guys. And they did it, and they said, we're going to give this kid an opportunity on the top top line. And so it, he has blistering speed down the wing. Uh, he's done it almost all of his – I believe all of his points have come at even strength. So uh, for him going into it and they took a look at those analytic numbers and sometimes I take that at face value for, for what it's worth at some point, but the scouting that they did on Verhage and understanding that he could do it at this level was spot on because he has shown that he is a, an elite scorer at the NHL level and can play a top six forward role. And it, with him, it's all about his speed and energy that he provides. He plays in dead straight lines. You don't see east and west. And the same thing with Declare on the other side. They, they just they they see a defenseman one on one on the wing. They're not when they hit the blue line. They're not cutting to the middle of the ice. They're putting their shoulder down and they're just walking around them. And we've seen it time and time again that they just generate offensive chances. And it goes back into the corners. They win the battles and come out with it. So. Uh, Carter Verhage has shown uh, that what he did at the minor league level, what he did at junior in the junior hockey, if he got a chance at this level, that he could uh, do that kind of stuff, and he's taken full advantage of it. So that's where the credit lies to him. Um, he came in here, got an opportunity, and he's made the absolute most of it. And Billy, last one for me. Obviously, we get we could ask you about every single guy on this roster, and I'm sure throughout the season we eventually will. But last guy for me, I really want to get your thoughts on here is uh, Chris Dreger. You mentioned him earlier. Um, of course, you know throughout you know hockey history, you always see a goaltender maybe get a hot week, a hot week or two. I- I'm reminded of Hari Satari here a couple of years ago had a great couple games, but rarely do you have a guy kind of come out of nowhere and suddenly maybe build a career for himself. And it seems like Chris Dreger's doing that right now with what he did last year. You know, carrying it over into this year with another hot start. Just at, at 26 years old you know a guy that really worked his way up through the minor leagues just what have you liked about his game so far and it just seems like he, he doesn't have a care in the world out there talking to him I think that's also really impressive as well uh, that's work ethic with the, the goaltending coach Rob Callis and when he got here and he's over 200 games in the American League some time in the East Coast Hockey League this is a guy that's well traveled and wanted to get a chance and it looked like the backup role was going to go to Sam Montembeau and that was going to going to be the guy and Bobrovsky was going to be the starter so to show you how incredible this story really is he comes in here and finishes last year's strong and puts in the coach uh, work with the with the goaltending coach Rob Callis and Luongo and everyone that's involved with that process and just talking a bit with Rob Callis the goaltending coach it's just his his commitment to detail when he gets to doing some of the off-ice stuff. And when you first watched him come up, even though he did win a lot of games last year, he was very aggress- aggressive in the net and uh, was very athletic. You could tell that right from the start. But sometimes when I watched him play, it was a little bit out of control. He overcommitted on some shots, and 
got caught out of position. But what's changed coming into this year is that now he's become very structurally sound in his position. He's aggressive when he needs to be, but if he makes that first save and there's a rebound opportunity, we've seen him make some of the most unbelievable saves that you could ever imagine. But part of that's just because of the positioning that he's in. So he's put in a lot of time in the minors, and then he got a chance up here, and he just hasn't wasted it, and he's continued to improve. So, And uh, his game is rock steady. The rebound control to me is phenomenal. It's probably his greatest asset. He does just doesn't give up a lot of rebounds. And the ability to shake off bad goals, he's given up some occasional bad goals here, but when it gets to the game on the line, he's dynamite. He just seems to get locked in. Even if he's given up three, four goals, if it's if that game's close, it, it seems like he's going to shut the door the rest of the way, and he saves the big times in hockey games. So it's been a long journey for him, but for him, it's uh, the time off the ice and the willingness to learn. Everyone thinks you get to the NHL and you can't teach you anymore because you're here. Uh, but you, you can you can learn a lot and you can absorb a lot. And he's absorbed everything. He's taken it all in and taken it to new heights. And at this point, honestly, it it looks like he's he's the number one guy. And Bobrovsky is going to get enough games to challenge him. But he is pushing Bobrovsky hard to be that starter if and when the playoffs roll around. Bill Lindsay, our guest here on this edition of Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Panthers. Billy, we thank you very much for your time here today, your great insight, and uh, we already can't wait to see you at the rink here for games two and three against the Dallas Stars. Thanks again for joining us here today. Thank you very much. It's been fun. Enjoy every second of it. Appreciate it, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. Thank you. Huge thanks to my broadcast partner, Billy Lindsay, right there for joining us on this edition of Territory Talk. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And Jameson, so much great insight there from Billy just about all different aspects of this uh, of this Panthers team. And just going off what he was talking about there at the end about the goaltending, he asked him about Chris Drieger's play and talking about how his greatest attribute is probably his rebound control. And I have a hard time disagreeing with that, his rebound control. And Excellent. just the fact that he's so calm and composed. You want to go way back in time. I'm not sure what the context of it was, Jameson, but here on Territory Talk, it might have been early on when things first got paused maybe back in March, April, talking about what three Panthers would you want to be on a, would, would be most helpful if you were stuck on a desert island? I think that was island. our first episode in quarantine. I yeah. think it was. With, with Jess Blaylock, and, yeah. And I said, I threw Chris Trieger out there, I said, because here's the thing. It could be the most dire of situations, but if Chris Trieger's there, there would at least be one of us around the situation. There would at least be one guy that wasn't panicking, that was just saying, you know what? We'll figure it out. It'll be fine. And I think I think that's just Chris Drieger's mindset. It is. Is he's you know he's he's just the kind of guy that he's had so many experiences throughout his hockey career. His uh, it really is a journey, uh, I believe, as uh, Billy talked mm -hmm. about there. Uh, he's had so many different experiences that you're never really going to surprise no. Chris Drieger. He has seen it all, and therefore I think that calmness translates to the ice, and that's why gives up a goal or two all right you move on 
and uh, and everything will end up being okay. Just knows how to handle situations. Which is funny, too, because when you talk to him about, like, how he got here and how he got from, you know, the ECHL to the AHL up here, he just kind of, he, he, he rags on himself a little bit. He says, you know, I wasn't working hard enough or I wasn't doing this. And even after games now, when he has a great game, he'll tell you more about the, the goal he let in than the goals he didn't let in. He's just kind of that guy. And I think it's that kind of journey of always you know wanting to improve yourself that's made him you know into the goaltender he is and put him in the situation he's in uh which has been fantastic but it, it really is just so funny just to hear him talk about his past basically he says you know i just had to work harder and it's going to make you all think if maybe if we all work just a little bit harder what we do we'd all you know get reach new heights so it's, it's an inspirational story and you know great insight there from billy and as we kind of look ahead to you know keys for the rest of the season you know goaltending is one of them because uh, like we've said every single episode here when people ask you know uh drieger Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky, drieger back and forth uh you need both guys you're gonna need both I, I said it a million times I think by the time it's all said and done we might be looking at a 60 40 split and it just seems like you know based on week by week whoever's playing the best they're gonna get the 60 and the other guy's gonna get the 40 but regardless you need both guys winning you need both guys playing well uh for the Panthers this entire season so uh you know Drieger's had a great start and I look forward to seeing you know how he does and you know I expect him to keep it up yeah, Chris Drieger's been uh, been outstanding and so many other great things that uh, we hit on there throughout the conversation with with Bill Lindsay as well. And the the story about, uh, you know, going back to the early years of the Panthers and the impression that, that Brian Scrudlin made on him. I mean, uh, it just makes you think about uh, it just it just really makes you think about uh, the way that team approached games and, and the way things, you know, to this day probably still are in, in locker rooms. Yeah, even Patrick Hornquist, I feel like, keeps us in check because we'll be on calls or something. We'll be talking. We're, we're excited. We're, you know, saying like, you know, hey, Patrick, you know, this is the best start in franchise history. Things are going great. And, you know, this is Patrick Hornquist is one of Paris Stanley Cups. And he's just kind of like, yeah, I guess it's great. You know, there's still, you know, three quarters of the season to go and then you got the playoffs and stuff. But I, I, if he keeps us, you know, humble and level-headed, you can only imagine what he's doing in that room. And I think, like we were talking to Billy, that's the reason these guys come out the same way every single night because I don't think they're getting too high on themselves, which is really nice to see. You know, yes, they're proud of what they've done, but you can only be, you know, proud as you can until the next game and the next win. So uh, it's a lot of different factors going in. And, it's you know, we've talked about it. It seems like, what is this week? Six, seven, how are, things are flying here. But every single week, like you said when we started the show, is that every week we're talking about how things are still going great. And it really is fun. And I've seen a lot of, you know, you know, longtime fans getting excited and really enjoying this. A lot of fans that maybe I remember talking to five years ago that vanished that are now back again. Uh, some A lot of new fans coming in. So, you know, uh, South Florida starting to rally around this team, uh, you know, as well quite a bit. And, uh, of course, uh, we might have to – you're losing track of time. We might need to get you a Palm Pilot. No oh, God. Keep track of things. A day planner. Whoever still An organizer the to the Palm Pilot's going to end up sending you one of the mail out, out of the blue. I'm getting checks for like twelve cents. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the uh, official podcast of the Panthers here, Territory Talk. Jameson, before we wrap things up, uh, the Panthers coming off that win against the Dallas Stars and had the record-setting uh, second period of play. Uh, where they had the 29 shots on net, outshot Dallas 29 to four. And that was a period that showed us a lot for a number of reasons. First of all, just the tenacious pressure. The Panthers had one-way traffic going toward Anton Hudobin that entire period. They were able to ultimately get themselves a lead because of what they did, the work in the offensive end during that period. As Billy mentioned, they were showing uh, proficiency not only off the rush, but also really mostly off a just great cycle play in the offensive end, long sustained shifts of pressure in the offensive zone. So it was a, a period where we really saw a lot about this Panthers team. And there was the fact that with how well Anton Hudobin was playing, even though the Panthers were able to solve him a couple of times, it would have been pretty easy to 
get frustrated, grip the stick a little harder, get down on yourself because you were doing so many, so many good things, getting so many shots, quality chances, and Anton Hudobin just seemed to have an answer for so much of it. It would have been pretty easy to get discouraged about some of that, but they didn't. They just kept pushing forward. And that's where forward, the leadership comes that's back in. Yeah. That's where the leadership comes into play. That's also where the fact that this Panthers team is just unwavering in their approach comes to play because the game they're playing, going back to what we talked about right when this show started, the way back to a half an hour ago, roughly what we were talking about, was that this Panthers team, their game always looks the same. Leading, trailing, tied in a game, doesn't matter. Same approach. That's why they've gotten the results they want much more often than not. And this is a team, let's not forget, that's lost to the Detroit Red Wings twice, the last place last place team in the Central Oddly Division. Enough, their first regulation loss and their first road regulation. Yeah. And it, to Detroit, but it and shows like, you how good the National Hockey yeah, League is. Yeah, like I said, the, the Detroit Red Wings, you know, they have a lot less talent than other teams, but they're good team this year. Like, all the pieces fit together. They're lesser pieces, but they fit together, and they can beat any team on any given night. But the reason I bring that up is because the Panthers, like I said, they've lost to the Detroit Red Wings twice, and after each of those games, they went out and, you know, usually beat a better team. Like, like I said, they, they came out here and beat the Stars uh, on Monday. So that's another, you know, element to that is the Panthers. They don't get, they don't say, oh, man, we just lost the Red Wings. What's going wrong? You know, they don't get frazzled. They just say, okay, let's just go beat the next team. And they have been doing that. So, And you look at it, too. This is, this is kind of just a... Um, I guess overarching for the for the whole National Hockey League, there really isn't a bottom. There are teams with subpar records in the league this season, but it truly is a situation where every team can beat everybody, and for multiple factors. Every team's got a line or two of guys that's really dangerous. Even the teams at the bottom of the standings have dangerous players. Every team, it's the National Hockey League. Every one of these goalies are very good. Every goalie in this league is capable of standing on his head for a night. And the Panthers have seen that happen a couple mm-hmm. of times this week. And you look at the Detroit Red Wings. They've got – it's a team that's in transition, but there are a lot of teams like this. Maybe at the bottom of the standings, but Mark Stahl, Valtteri Filpula, Franz Nielsen, in addition to the young guys, they've got some some pretty proud veteran guys that don't want to go out and, and – uh, Best and years get behind rolled, them, and, but proud. But they don't yeah. want to go out and get rolled every night. And they're going to make you – they're going to make you work every single game. And I think every team in the National Hockey League, that's the case. You you got to work for the two points in this league, especially when you're playing everybody seven, eight times a year. There's no secrets. Everybody knows the book on everybody. Everybody's got plenty of tape. There are no mysteries. You have to work for the two points every night, especially this year. And you talk about working, Doug. More points on the board coming up here tonight, Wednesday, Dallas Stars. Tomorrow, Thursday, Dallas Stars again. Then, of course, we have a rematch with the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, that's that could be a one-two matchup in the division by the time we get there. Knock on wood. We'll see how that goes. But that's coming up on Saturday. So a lot more big points on the board, a lot more tests for the Panthers. And just you got to hope that, you know, this keeps going here on Territory Talking. And this time next week, we're saying, hey, another great week in the books, Doug. Let's talk about the five great things we like this week. So I'm enjoying this format for the show. Oh, it's really fun. It's great. It's the uh, it's the what do you like most of all the things that we like for me. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what we're specializing in here right now on Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Again, Dallas, 5 o'clock Wednesday at the BB&T Center in Sunrise. Panthers in Dallas again, 7 o'clock on Thursday at the BB&T Center. Saturday at 7 against Carolina. And then turning the page to next week, Monday at 7 against the Carolina Hurricanes as well. So some big tests coming up. Panthers in the thick of a homestand. FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com to get your tickets. We hope to see you out here. If you can't make it, Fox Sports Florida, you can watch. Panthers Radio Network, check your local listings. You can tune in. Lots of different ways to consume Panthers hockey. The NHL app, make the Panthers your favorite team. Click the little headphone thing in the corner, and you can listen to every single Panthers game. So lots of different ways to follow along, and we invite you back on board for all 
of that. That's about all the time we have here in this week's edition of Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Panthers, which is presented, as always, by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. For Jamison Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. Big thanks to Billy Lindsay for stopping by this week. Big thanks to all of you for tuning in. New material each and every Wednesday from us, so keep checking back. Thanks for making Territory Talk a part of your listening week, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.